podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. For the new season of the Rock Chalk Talk podcast, I'm Andy Mitz. I am joined today by two very special guests. We have David Potter and Grad from from the site. How are you guys doing today? Good. I'm good. All right. That's always good to hear. So we thought going ahead and moving into this new season that we were going to go ahead and um, kind of take advantage of, of the format that we had started with the bonus season we gave you guys. We're going to do shorter, about 20 to 30 minute episodes. Um, talking about a variety of topics that we'll release throughout the week. Um, but we actually are going to have a few this week, kind of talking about all the news that we missed, um, and then also talking, obviously, about the football game that is coming up. So you'll be looking for that later this week. But but let's go ahead and start tonight with um, kind of the news that we missed in the off season. here. The first major piece of news, obviously, is with the basketball team. Uh, they they took the trip over to Italy. That happened right after we went on our break. Uh, so we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. I, I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on the trip. Uh, anything, you know, that, that happened over there you were particularly excited about? Any any players that you guys really enjoyed getting a chance to see? We'll go ahead and start with you, David. I I didn't get uh, to actually watch any of it. I didn't – I was going to be at work anyway, and I didn't uh, spring for the, uh, the, the online streaming access. But – I did follow it along on Twitter and read uh, recaps, and it sounds like Malik Newman uh, was pretty impressive. I know he had uh, one game where he was just on fire through the first half. It sounds like he's going to uh, you know, step in and continue to provide that uh, three-point shooting that we've started to get used to seeing here these last couple of years at KU. Um, so I think he's probably who I'm most excited about that. And uh, Azubuki, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of clips on Twitter of him. It looked like he was actually trying to rip the rim down a few times. So I think he's going to be, uh, you know, if he can stay out of foul trouble, uh, you know, it sounds like he's fully recovered from that wrist surgery. And uh, it should be a lot of fun to watch and give KU uh, a little more of a typical, uh, maybe a, a two-way player down on the post that they uh, haven't, had uh, quite as much these last two years. Um, you know, it remains to be seen. I, I, I know they're talking a lot about going to smaller lineups. I don't know how he'll fit with that. They, they seem to uh, manage with Landon Lucas last year, so I'm, I'm not too worried about it. But um, yeah, Zabuki and uh, Malik Newman are probably the two guys I was most excited about based on what I was hearing. What about you, Grant? Yeah, I, I think that. Newman playing well, obviously, had to uh, alleviate some concerns people had. Um, and I mean, obviously, a lot of people are going to be super high on him because he was a he was a five star recruit. And anytime you can, you know, get someone who was a five star recruit, and he, he had some moments at Mississippi State too, where you know he had some good games. I know when they played against Kentucky, he had a pretty big game. So as far as a transfer who's never played for us, I mean, I don't know if you say he's a sure thing, but. He's fairly close to it, but it was still pretty reassuring to see him go out there, knock down shots, play well. Um, you know, Devontae Graham's a great player, but, you know, we've seen times with him in the past where 
he'll be really, really good for, you know, three, four, even five games, and then maybe have a game where he's just completely terrible. Um, unfortunately for us last year, that hit in the Elite Eight against Oregon. But, you know, there's there some other times as well where, you know, we've seen him go off and just drain threes and be incredible. And then, you know, a game or two later, all of a sudden he kind of has like an 0 for 6 night and just kind of disappears. Um, and obviously, there's, you know, he's going to be much more of a focal point of the office, offense this year. So it was definitely great to see Newman, um, you know, not only play well, but also it seems like he can kind of, you know, take on the burden of being a playmaker. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where if there's nights where Grant, you know, isn't hitting his shots or maybe just isn't, you know, playing super well, it looks like Newman can be the type of guy who, you know, can hit some shots late the shot clock if need be make some plays down the stretch if we're trying to come back or protect the lead. So uh, I agree with David that, you know, seeing him play well and, you know, have some moments where he could kind of take over and, you know, initiate the offense. Um, that was definitely really nice to see. Yeah, I, I think I will have to agree there. Um, I was definitely very happy to see Newman kind of take that role. I think coming into this year, you know, losing Mason, um, and kind of turning that over to Devontae Graham to be the leader of the team. The biggest question mark that I personally had was, you know, is Graham going to be able to kind of step into that role? Mason was really good at creating his own shot, being able to, to you know, utilize his teammates well enough um, that it wasn't just all about him, but also, you know, when it was time for him to, to take it on upon himself, he was able to do it. There's kind of been a little, a little bit of a question mark about, whether Devontae Graham can be that type of player. And it looked like we were going to kind of rely on him to be that type of player. But the performance of Newman gives me a little bit of hope, maybe that Graham won't be forced to step into that. If he can, if he can step into that and decides he wants to step into that, it would be great. It would give us another, another go-to option. But, you know, I've always kind of seen Graham as, as at his best when he is creating shots for other people. He is using his ability to kind of draw other people away to open it up for others. Um, and then his, his ability to, to distribute the ball. And so while I think he has the potential to develop some of those skills of creating for himself, um, you know, as opposed to, to running the offense, it's definitely nice to know we have a guy that can step in and take some of that burden off of him. I think that's going to be a big help for us this year. I also think um, Azubuke, kind of like what David was saying, you know, he, he definitely had something to prove coming out on this, on this. He, uh, you could just see that intensity that he had. And, and maybe it's, you know, just having been off for so long, he was excited to get back out there. But it, it definitely looked like he was, you know, he was, he was hearing some of the talk about, oh, well, can he stay healthy? Is he going to have that same ability that we saw? Can he handle the load by himself down low? Um, because there's still, you know, a lot of concerns about our depth down low. I think he came out with that, with that fire to kind of show that he is ready to take that load on himself. Um, and, you know, make sure that we that we have a good year down in the post. I, I do think it is very likely, and, and we saw some of it during during the tour there, uh, that we would go to a four-guard lineup for, for a good portion of the season. I mean, we, we have the personnel again. We have a really strong group of guards. Um, we're very, very thin on the bench, so, you know, protect, especially in the front court. And so protecting that by not playing as many, post guys as we typically would is, you know, definitely probably going to be, well, <laughs> is, is most likely going to be something that we strive to do quite a bit. 
Um, so I would definitely not be surprised to see that foreground lineup. The one guy that kind of surprised me, and uh, I'd like to kind of get your thoughts. I, I know Fetch mentioned this on, on Twitter, but I was really surprised and actually really excited to see Charlie Moore. Um, I, I know obviously he's not playing for us this year, but it was nice to see some of those guys that are, are transfers that will have to sit out this year, get some action and kind of give us a glimpse of what we're going to be able to see after Devontae's uh, gone, after Sui's gone. And, and so I was really impressed with what he was able to put on the floor. Um, and, and I was just really excited to kind of see some of these other guys. What about you guys? Anyone else you wanted to mention? Um, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, seeing more play well is nice. Um, it, it's interesting because, you know, KU really hasn't had a, a, a true kind of, you know, really pass-first type of point guard. Um, you know, I mean, God, have, have, they, have they really had them since Aaron Biles? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of the guys you think of, even some of the better ones, um, you know, Sharon, Tyshawn, uh, Mason, et cetera, were, were guys who were more, you know, kind of scorers. And, you know, all three of those guys um, came pretty close to leading the team in scoring. I mean, Mason and Sharon led their teams in scoring despite being our point guard, and Tyshawn um, was pretty close. I mean, I, I think Robinson had more points per game, but, I mean, Tyshawn was up there. He had a pretty monster season scoring-wise. So, I, I mean, it'll be interesting and, and kind of a, a new change of pace if, you know, more as uh, in it, on the surface, it appears like he's he's kind of more of a pass-first guy. I mean, he had a great um, assist rate in his freshman year. Um, so, I mean, if, he, if he's already racking up assists, you know, playing with the guys he was playing with, you think coming to a place like Kansas where, I mean, it, it's almost guaranteed that he's going to be surrounded by good players. Um, you know, it's it's it, we really could have you know, a really kind of our first really you know, super true uh, pass first, you know, true, true point guard, at least what you think of a true point guard, you know, probably since Aaron Miles, I mean, maybe Russell Robinson's kind of in that category as well. Um, but, I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, there's, there's definitely, I mean, we've seen KU have success with those type of players before. Uh, obviously Bill Self likes to kind of go with more of the, you know, rolling out a few combo guards, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if there's a guy who, you know, can play solid defense, get his teammates involved, you know, make, make the extra pass. I mean, that's always something that's going to be valuable and it's especially valuable for, for KU because, you know, with Bill Self at the helm, we're always going to have talent. So, uh, definitely interesting to see how that plays out next year, but, you know, at the very least, it's, it's nice knowing that there's a guy waiting, you know, waiting on the bench to play who, you know, definitely has shown some promise. I mean, it's a situation kind of like what we had with Ben McLemore where, you know, the guy can't play this year, but you're just hearing reports of, Hey, you know, this guy's going to be pretty legit, you know, coming for practice or exhibition games or whatever. So that, that's definitely, yeah, I'll agree. That's a, that's a nice sign moving forward. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who he's got around him to distribute to. Cause after this year, um, you gotta think C will probably be gone. There's at least a good chance Newman, will be gone. There was some concern about him um, maybe not fulfilling that. I, I think it was just rumors, but I know that it was going around that he might not uh, fulfill that, that promise that he, he wouldn't bolt after the one year sitting out at KU. Um, but he was thought to be at least a marginal one and one and done talent. Um, I would think Vic will still be around, but uh, yeah, Devonte obviously will be gone after this year. So, um, he may have a lot. Uh, he may have a, a cast of almost entirely new players around him, which uh, 
being more of a pass-first guy, as you mentioned. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much of that scoring load he would actually be asked to take on um, you know, versus what we'll have around him just because uh, I think this will be after this year we'll probably have another season where we're looking at a lot of transition and a lot of brand-new players. Well, you know, I, I think I kind of have to disagree a little bit there. They'll be new to us, but you've got to think of how many transfers we have coming in that aren't eligible this year. Um, those are the guys that he's going to be practicing with against our regulars for this year. And so he's going to already have built up a lot of rapport with them. They're already going to know each other really well. You know, we're going to have the Lawson twins. We're going to have, um, you know, there's, there's a good chance that Atsubuke, if he has the kind of year that I'm hoping he can have, could potentially go and be gone as well this year. Um, but Preston doesn't, you know, jump out to me as, as the kind of guy that I'm expecting to leave after this year. So th- there will be a solid core of guys that he has familiarity with. It's just going to be a little bit of a different look for us. But the one thing that I thought was interesting about what you said, David, is I've always thought that Bill Self's system is built to have um, that kind of pass-first point guard. We just have never been able to find the personnel for it. Um, which has been a little strange to me because Bill Self hasn't really had a lot of problems in recruiting. I just think that his system is set up to to thrive when you have a, a pass-first point guard. We just have had so many point guards that are kind of combo, um, but but we put two of them on the floor at the same time. So that's kind of where we get that that extra passing and that I guess you know the the, the better distribution of the ball is because we have two guys that can do it. Um, but I think that's kind of the one piece that Bill Self has been looking for. He's just not been able to find as a pass-first point guard that can play at the Big 12 level. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping that, that Charlie Moore, with his defense and everything, can kind of fill that void and we can see what a Bill Self system can really do. Um, because as successful as it's been, I think it's kind of been, you know, despite the system, just because we've had such talented guys. Obviously, there's lots of things about a system that works regardless of what personnel you have. But I think to kind of unlock the, the true potential of it, we need to have a, a, a pass-first type of point guard. Um, maybe not all the time, and, and, you know, it's good to have a bunch of other guys that can handle the ball and kind of give him a rest. But um, to kind of have that, that anchor spot that can read the floor and can get it to where it needs to go. There's a lot of movement in his system. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of people interacting with each other. And having a guy that understands that well and is really good at picking out those um, – picking out those people and getting the ball into the right situations, I think is, is a real big asset for his system that he just hasn't had to the level that I think he would like. So I'm really excited to see what we could potentially get next year, but obviously, you know, there, there's a lot to look forward to for this year as well. So um, one, one other story to come out of the Italy trip, obviously was the suspension of Diedrich Lawson, uh, who did not make the trip over to Italy. I've seen a lot of chatter of guys talking about, oh, well, this is, you know, the Lawson twins getting in a bunch of trouble. Um, also, it kind of bled into the narrative of, oh, well, Bill Self is, you know, finding guys to have problems off the court and what, what is he turning the program into? I don't know that I buy too much stock in either of those narratives, but did you guys have any comments on those? Any Anything you wanted to say? I'm not worried about it. I mean, I, I think some of, uh, some of the, the most fun and some of the best teams that Self has had at KU have had players who, who have that chip on their shoulder. You think of guys like the Morris Twins, uh, Thomas Robinson, who about once a game seemed like he'd knock somebody over and then just kind of stand over him and stare at him. You know, Sharon was uh, you know, a fiery player, uh, and it sounds like these guys bring that same element. I mean, as, as long as they're not, you know, getting into 
you know, legal trouble off the court and, you know, they're not getting uh, teed up every other game like it, the Morris Twins seemed like they did uh, their freshman years. Um, I don't have a problem with guys who, who bring that edge to their game. Um, and I think it's uh, even good for the team, kind of helps get things going. Was, was it was it the team two, maybe three years ago? I guess it was when uh, when, when, when Wiggins was there. Uh, you know, we were kind of lacking anyone who really – had that sort of edge and it seemed like the team would get into especially on offense these lulls where really there wasn't much energy and wasn't a whole lot of movement out there and I think when you've got when you've got guys who like to play physical like to to be aggressive like to maybe talk a little bit I, I just think that makes the whole team a little more energetic and fired up makes them more likely to you know make some of those those big plays and make a big deal out of it get the crowd going things like that so um, you know again as long as they're they're not getting arrested um, which we don't need any more of after last year. Uh, I, I, I have no problems with it at all. What about you, Greg? I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I, I will say, if nothing else, last year has me a little more on edge about this type of stuff. You know, I mean, just because, you know, kind of what David alluded to, it seemed like, you know, there was a while there where pretty much like at least once a week, you know, someone, something was popping up or, you know, the, the police got called about this, this guy, you know, whatever it was. And it, it ended up being, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, a lot of it was, was fairly minor, like a couple traffic citations and things like that. Um, it, it's just, you know, it, it started to kind of pile up. So at this point, I'm I, I'm just a little more, you know, kind of weary of it just because, you know, last year was kind of, you know, apart from a couple isolated instances here and there, like the Morse Twins BB gun episode or the Sharon elevator episode, um, you know, for the most part, there, there hasn't been a whole lot. And when there has been things, it's been, you know, an isolated incident or, you know, I think like when Morningstar had a DUI, I mean, there really wasn't a ton of other stuff that really hit around that time. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, one guy made a mistake. He sat, he sat out half the season, you know, he got punished for it. It's like moving on. But after last year, you know, I mean, there's definitely, there was a time where basically every time I logged into Rock Chalk Talk to hit the news and notes, I was kind of grimacing like, Oh God, like, <laughs> you know, what, what, Another story. what, what happened now? Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, but again, I mean, stuff like this, I mean, everyone's like, Oh my God, he, he bad-mouthed his coach on the way out of town, driving in a car. Who cares? I mean, I'm, I'm, seriously, I mean, if it's stuff like that, I'm going to let it go. I mean, kind of, kind of what David pointed out, too. I mean, sometimes, you know, especially with, with athletes and especially at this level, I mean, there, there's sometimes it's kind of a little bit of a fine line between, you know, being competitive uh, and, you know, kind of maybe crossing the line a little too much. And we've seen players kind of flirt with that before. Uh, the Morris Twins are probably the best example. Robinson's a pretty good example, too. Um, and in every case, you know, Self was always able to kind of rein those guys in a little bit and, you know, kind of help them understand, you know, there's a difference between, you know, playing with a chip on your shoulder, being aggressive, playing hard. But taking, you know, taking the attitude a little bit too far. So in, in this case, you know, I, I trust Self. He has a track record of dealing with guys that may be a little more combative and, you know, being able to get them to buy in, settle down, play for the team. So, you know, until I see otherwise or reason to otherwise, I'm not really going to worry about it too much. Right. I think the other thing to keep in mind is, um, especially with the Diedrich 
incident. Um, you know, there wasn't a story about what his brother did on the way out of Memphis, which in and of itself wasn't really a bad thing. It was just, it blew up because, one, I think because there's, you know, a national columnist who's based out of Memphis who decided to make a big deal about it and talk about it all the time. Um, we won't name any names here. But also because, you know, just it was such a big, high-profile um, transfer and a high-profile incident that happened on the way out of town. Um, and you, you don't really know how that translated into getting to know the new team, um, you know, kind of working with the new guys. It sounds like something just bubbled over in practice. Guys get a little competitive. You know, he, he they were taunting, you know, not, not even necessarily taunting, but, you know, trash talking that goes back and forth with a little – little friendly competition there and something just came off the wrong way. It's, it's kind of all the indications that I'm getting here. So not really anything that you're really worried about. The legal issues are really the ones that you are concerned about. And hopefully those are all behind us. Um, but if you think about it, most of them either from last year, either ended up not being a huge deal or were just completely overblown, you know, in the, in the, in, in the first place. Um, I think everybody's still a little on edge after the whole Baylor. Uh, scandal. And so everyone's, you know, looking for, well, what are the signs of the next big issue that we're going to have to deal with? You know, what, what programs are out of control because they're letting little things go that could lead to something that's much, much bigger. I don't think we're anywhere near that for a lot of schools, but everyone's going to be a little bit more on edge and trying to find patterns and trying to draw conclusions. The, the one last thing I will say is I, I definitely agree that, you know, the players that have that kind of fire and that fight, uh, they're going to be loved by the teams that they play for, and they're going to be hated by all the opponents. You know, we saw that this, this last NBA playoffs with Kelly Oubre with the Washington Wizards going off <laughs> on, on the court, um, and he became a hero for that team, you know, kind of uniting them and, and showing the new tough attitude of the Wizards. Um, obviously, you know, the, uh, the other teams didn't really like that. The fans, especially the other teams, didn't really like that, but he kind of became a rallying cry for – that particular team. So this is kind of the, the kind of thing that we like to see in our athletes don't like to see in the athletes for the other teams. And, and obviously it's kind of a way for people to, to kind of poke at the program because there's not a lot of other things that they can poke at. So any uh, final thoughts on those guys? The only thing I'll, I'll say just kind of, you know, before we, we shift gears uh, uh, from the basketball team and all that is that, uh, you know, I, I Going back to the Italy games, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little disappointed with uh, with Billy Preston. Um, seems like you know, from from what you could see and you know all the reports I heard, you know, maximum effort wasn't really 100% there. And you know, there there were reports that the gym was like 90 degrees and people were hot and fatigued and all that. But you know, considering that they were playing against teams that were really bad. I mean, like, really, really bad. Like, I'm pretty sure our guys were, you know, just kind of, you know, just having fun out there, and we still won by, like, 50 points. I was kind of hoping to see him, you know, just with, with the size he has, the athleticism, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, a skill set that extends all the way out, you know, kind of the three-point line. Uh, was hoping to see him do a little bit better. Um, again, true freshman, not going to worry about it too much. Um you know, he'll, he'll obviously get better as the season progresses. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in my, in my opinion, so much of the, so much of the season kind of hinges upon, you know, a, how good Preston is and B, you know, how much he develops as a bookie. I think, you know, I, for someone who hasn't played that much still, I, I'd say, you know, 
pretty much, you know, we're, we're, we know what we're going to probably get out of him. He's going to be good. He's going to be an issue. He's going to be a problem, you know. Um, but Preston, I mean, even though there's the potential to play like some poor guard lines and things like that, I mean, if I think a lot of the season kind of rests on, you know, is Preston just one of those freshmen that, you know, is pretty good, you know, kind of like a solid role player, part of the mix. You're like, okay, you know, guy's a starter. He's fine. You know, or does he kind of start to break out and, and towards the end of the year, you're like, man, like this guy's unstoppable. Like, you know, he's really good, which we've seen some college freshmen do. So, I mean, that, that, I think that's one thing just to kind of keep an eye on going forward. Yeah. Um, I, I think I even read some, some things that made it sound like maybe conditioning might be an issue. And, and if, you know, if that's the problem, I, I'm sure that Bill Self's boot camp will, uh, we'll, we'll put those concerns to rest. And I mean, it, it's another situation where you have to kind of, uh, you know, just put your faith in, in Bill Self um, that, you know, if, if there is an effort problem or a conditioning problem, that he'll get that turned around. Because um, we've seen, you know, he's not afraid to limit guys playing time if he doesn't think that they're doing what they need to do. So um, more often than not, that results in the player, um, you know, it, reprioritizing and, and, and getting done what, what they need to get done. So um, yeah, I'm not real concerned about the, the effort level or whatever there, but I do agree that, you know, what he's able to do is probably going to kind of dictate what the team looks like. Uh, you know, if he, um, if he's everything he was advertised to be and, and his ceiling's that high, then, you know, we probably won't be forced into the small ball lineups quite as much. I mean, just because of the lack of the depth, um, in in the post, uh, you're, we're going to see some of it, um, but he is more of a traditional four, uh, and you know if if he can really reach reach that potential sooner rather than later, um, you know that that could that could take the team from you know really good to great. I, I mean, I think no matter what, they're probably going to be in a conversation for uh, you know final four, maybe a national title, but. You know, if if they've got if Fazabuki is as good as he looks like he's going to be now that he's healthy again, and Preston can can be everything he was advertised to be, then you know there just aren't many teams that are going to be able to slow down that front court. You know, let alone uh, defend Devontae Graham and Mike Newman and Speed and and Vic when he's in. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't I don't think the the team's success hinges on Billy Preston, but I think uh, you know they could they could go from really, really good to you know, an amazing team if he turns out to, to really have a great year. Right, and I think really it's going to come down to is, is Billy Preston playing well enough that he needs to play 25 to 30 minutes a game, or is he playing well enough, or you know, is, or is he playing at the level where he'll be spelling Azubuke in a four-guard lineup for you know 10 to 15 minutes a game? Uh, if he can really assert himself and show that he needs to be on the floor, then I think we're going to have less of that four-guard lineup because I just don't know how we would keep Azubuke off the floor. Um, so if I mean if he's showing he really needs to be playing, then we're going to have more of a traditional two two post lineup, and we're going to you know. But there's a lot of variables there, a lot of time for that to develop for us. Um, so we'll, we'll go ahead and leave it there for our Monday episode. Um, we will be back with these guys on on Wednesday. You guys will get to hear us talk more um, more about the news that's kind of happened since we were in our break. Um, and later in the week, we'll also go ahead and preview the, the season opener of the football season. So uh, make, make sure you join us next time on the Rock Chalk Talk podcast.
Podcast Network.